Welcome to Park Bench Interviews, hosted by Randy Goodman, Harvey Callis Real Estate, your real estate professional. Get to know our community, our businesses, products, and services that will elevate your life. Please welcome your hostess, Randy Goodman. Hey everybody, it's Randy Goodman here from Harvey Callis Real Estate, and I am with the incredible, unstoppable Tracy, who is actually the first four-way amputee to climb the Himalayas, which is pretty awesome, but you're also a coach. So I want to hear all about you, Tracy. Thank you so much for being here. Oh, Randy, it is wonderful to be here. Thank you for the honor and the distinction to hang out with the superstar Randy. <laughs> you're so sweet. Okay, let's. We, this is going to be about you, so we want to hear all about it. So tell us a little bit about what you do and then afterwards we'll find out a little bit about your journey so tell us what you do what do you do right now right well right you know since christmas there were 20 cities that i visited as a speaker 20 countries in 2019 well yeah it was just a phenomenal past 12 months it's been extraordinary and stages with you know at one point in my life with people like uh, Jane Fonda, or most recently, like in the last bunch of months, was like Dr. Phil, uh, which was extraordinary. I have a TV show called Unstoppable You. I wrote a bestseller book, Unstoppable You, and nice. it's a tool that people are welcome to leverage. Uh, and uh, so TEDx, a couple of TEDx's, wow. and uh, I, it all sort of snowballed out of being an athlete as a quest for the gold. And I ended up sailing the Paralympic trials twice, once for London, once for Rio, but also uh, sailing against able-bodied men, 27 Viking-like World Cup <laughs> sailors and me and Tracy. And they're all looking at me like, what are you doing here? And uh, it was totally worked my advantage on that start line. Never <laughs> underestimate a lady. <laughs> wow. Wow. Yeah, and uh, they would definitely underestimate you because you are not a big lady. No, you, no, no, right? I'm on the dock with my on. I'm a bit petite. It's you, true. You are very petite, so that's awesome. <laughs> Good for you. I love it. So, Tracy, you also have a business where you yeah. help people. Can you tell us a little bit about your business? Yes. You know, I, uh, I supported Air Canada with pilot strikes and when the world, you know, just like now it's upside down, when the airline world went upside down, they all went bankrupt. Lufthansa in Germany, United in the States and Air Canada in Canada. And wow. so I supported Air Canada with pilot strikes and then when the bankruptcy happened and then when there was a merger with Canadian Airlines and then when a plane went down. And so they had me as an executive coach with some of their uh, directors and VPs, and I would do let's talk performance and support those senior managers with giving performance feedback and dealing with conflict resolution with their directors. Uh, and then I did that shoppers drug mart when Air Canada was done and outperformed the stock market. I moved over to shoppers drug mart. In Canada, that's our national pharmaceutical, like Walgreens or Boots in UK. I know you have an international audience. Yeah. So Shoppers Drug Mart in Canada, the government cut funding, pharmaceutical reform, 55% of their profits. Wow. And so 
I am unstoppable, Tracy, and I moved over to, so I'm kind of like crisis management, and I help support Uber, was on their last legs, they were 90% sure they weren't getting into Canada, like the rest of the world, and they bumped into me at a conference in a line, and next thing you know, I was fully immersed in with Uber, and and, uh, down at City Hall, boycotting the blockage of Uber. Uh, Uber with taxi drivers. Wow. (laughs) Yeah. Yep. And so I helped bust Uber into Canada. So I take a lot of these corporate experiences and I get sort of frontline entrepreneurs now on how to walk the talk in that corporate world or in the corporate world with my master's uh, in business is a specific focus around organizational development. Mm -hmm. So I also do corporate coaching and executive coaching. I've been doing a lot of that since we've all been quarantined because businesses are upside down and they need somebody to be supportive and how to take the steps forward in that change management. Wow. You impressed me like unbelievably. So tell us a little bit about your journey. Is this something that you always thought you would do? Did you fall into it? Like what? Go back to like school time. School time. You know, uh, my near so as a young girl without arms and legs in school uh, it was first a breakthrough to get into school but then once i was there uh, right up to grade six right well the whole time right up to grade 12 i never was part of gym class right uh, but you had to have this requirement so the school made a special exception and i mean you know that i ski and sail and scuba dive and and skydive and i swim and i kayak and you know Clearly, I'm not like unreal at all, not at all. So it completely makes sense to not have me in gym class, right? right. <laughs> but they they kept me. Their perception at the time, seventies and eighties, uh, was that I shouldn't be in gym class. But the bonus that happened is that they put me in art class, and so I would get like double art class. I get my grades art class and some other grades art class. Really. And so I became, and I, I'm going to try it. I hope it looks okay with the screen. Can you, well, you can only see a little bit of red and yellow. That's a picture of three Afghanistan students, a watercolor wow. babies. Uh, and I'm not so easy to see, but I'm a painter. Wow. And so art was my initial passion and I wanted to be an art therapist. Okay. So I went through school and um, I, as a sailor, someone had reached out that there was this tall ship and they were super multicultural. They'd been to 24 countries and they'd had every race they could imagine and every gender and age on the boat, but they'd never had a person with a disability. So they searched the world for a sailor with a disability. Wow. And you know, when I started, there were no programs for people with disabilities. Right, right. I, I learned to sail with able-bodied kids. And so the gossip got out that there was this unstoppable Tracy and I ended up on this tall ship. And while I was out there, the first week of sailing this tall ship, the captain's wife went into labor on shore. Oh my goodness. And I was the most experienced sailor on the boat. So he left me in command and I ended up being a tall ship captain in the Eastern Atlantic of a 110 foot tall ship, pirate ship. And I was a sailor, but not a tall ship sailor, but a sailor. And, uh, and, and so I had a big learning curve and I ended up taking a little longer with that. When I came back to do my, my art therapy, I of course had fallen in love with leadership development. 
right? Doing that cooperative learning and doing that group dynamics and all of that team building of the tall ship environment with youth from 18 to 24. So I went to school to do leadership development and I wanted to continue around the world. And I went to 20 countries doing humanitarian efforts, Nepal, Uganda, Mexico, Jamaica, wow. you know, 20 countries. And I would go into schools and I would bring leadership groups and we would work together, better together. And we would make a difference building a home or teaching or resources for teachers. But these developing countries, they just didn't understand uh, my recreation leadership degree. Uh, first, I got a diploma and loved it. I didn't think I was smart enough to go to university. Um, but after getting A's and a president award out of the whole school, 10,000 students at college, I decided, okay, I can go to university. So I went to university and got honors in recreation leadership. So, but the developing countries, they didn't fully understand that degree. So I went back and I got a teaching degree. And so I carried on teaching overseas with my Bachelor of Education and doing leadership development. And uh, I had a love of my life for four years, Canadian man, and we broke up while we were overseas. Okay. And so when, when I came back, uh, I was no job and no partner and kind of like the slate was clean again. Here I am in Canada. And Air Canada had a pilot strike. And so all the planes were grounded. And so the pilots were striking, but the customer service agents, the flight attendants, you know, all of the other job areas, mm -hmm. reservation agents, cargo folk, ramp guys that load the plane, like all of these areas, they were all grounded because of the pilot strike that's still working. And so they wanted to hire um, a person with a disability with an education degree just for six weeks to do serving customers with disabilities. <laughs> and so I got this six week contract because I'm just back from Mexico, working in Mexico for a year uh, with a broken heart. And uh, it, was, it was not the time to get into the schools for teaching job. And the first day on the job, uh, the Delta Hotels is pitching Air Canada a leadership development course, problem solving, conflict resolution, valuing diversity, concierge service. Right. And they do this PowerPoint where they just talk at them for the whole two days. But it's my first couple days on the job. And my boss is like, what do you think? And, and I said, well, I think it was really great content. Right. <laughs> and she said, that sounds a little sugar-coated. And I said, what do you mean? And she said, well, you said really great content. You didn't say really great. Yeah. I said, so, you know, can you give me one thing constructive and so I said, well, you know, like, for example, problem solving was brilliant because I've been working with children and teenagers. And so and my experience is all kind of 24 and younger. So it's right. super experiential, not one way talking, preachy, right. teachy. Yes. And so I said, do this content, but throw in an activity like this or like this, mm -hmm. you know, be interactive. Right. Uh, even though these were adults in the Air Canada world. Right. And she said, oh. She said, well, how about cultural diversity? What would you do there? And I said, well, what about this activity? So use their content in the debrief, but do something experiential like this. Right. And so the next day she calls me into her office. Remember, it's a six-week contract. And I sit down and I'm like, Ooh, 
I'm in trouble. <laughs> and she's very serious. And she right. takes my six-week contract and she rips it. Oh. <laughs> like, oh, I was a little bit too honest with yeah. the feedback, the constructive feedback. <laughs> and then she pushed a pile of paper towards me, which I assumed was the exit papers, right. and I probably had to sign. <laughs> right. But instead of being a six-week contract, it was a full-time position with benefits wow. to do the management foundations. They were hiring Delta's package, but they didn't take the Delta package, and she brought me on to develop the leadership development. And so... I got to develop and I got to tweak the Delta content. We purchased their content, but they, they, I rewrote it and made it experiential and I delivered it as a facilitator. And then one thing, then I became executive coach to whenever there was crisis facilitator, you know, what's working, what's not. And, and a lot of people are really teachy preachy. Whereas I always walked in and said, so what's happening? What's worked in the past? What hasn't worked in the past? Mm -hmm. What do you suggest? You know, you bring in nothing about us without us. Mm -hmm. And I developed a really great rapport that was Mm non-threatening with a lot of senior folk at Air Canada. So it it, it gave me a great stepping ground into the executive coaching. So Air Canada sent me on brilliant courses like Seven Habits of Highly Effective People by Stephen Covey. Very expensive, train the trainer, and sent me on that. And Ken Blanchard, Situational Leadership, another very expensive program. And a lot of you know Myers-Briggs, Personality Profiling. There was a fancy program called Insights, Mm -hmm. or some of you know it as Bank or DISC, you know, these personality profiling. Air Canada over the seven years just kept sending me on train the trainers and, and not, and most of their trainers were ramp guys or a flight attendant Mm -hmm. or a customer service agent. So they weren't educators. They knew the system well at Air Canada internally. They come out of high school. A lot of them, some of them university, but mostly their first job was checking in people at an airport. Right. So they would turn me into a train the trainer. And so I, I would educate these frontline staff that know the job really well, but I would turn them into facilitators, question askers, and educators. And, and it was so, so magical. But when I got you know near year four, and the great executive pieces were coming up, new people, right? There's turnover in senior management all the time. The frontline were like 30-year veterans, but right. the senior management would turn over and I didn't have the reputation that the others had that saw me grow with them. So I went back to school nights and got my master's in business just to be acknowledged as, you know, I'm not just some girl with no arms, no legs that everybody likes. And they think everybody likes me because I'm disabled when they first meet me rather than realizing that I had earned the respect of listening and engaging them in solution finding Right. That, that I was somebody that their senior folk would ask for instead of resist in HR. There's often a breakdown with HR and, and corporate because they feel like HR is about touchy-feely and, and the rest of operations is about the bottom line, right, and making money. Mm-hmm. And so uh, I was lucky to be in both worlds because of deliverables. And so with all these train-the-trainers and then three years of painstaking masters in business, Uh, I got a piece of paper to say I was an MBA 
And the month that I graduated, uh, 2006, was the month that uh, Air Canada outsourced all of their HR people. They were, it was, it was, and I had sort of coached that outsourcing was important when the bankruptcy was going on. What are we in the business of doing? Mm -hmm. Where can we be more efficient? And, and so it made sense. I was on board with the why I was getting outsourced. They didn't need me anymore. Uh, and I even was part of the reason they were outsourcing me. Right. And I was the last one of about 18 people in my learning and development team. Right. I did all right staying around a long time. Uh, but I got outsourced right when I got my MBA. <laughs> it's so funny. So then Shoppers Drug Mart was in crisis management mode of sorts, and I, I got a job there. Wow. And, and, and I came to them ripe and ready. MBA, all these train the trainers under my belt, plus a lot of life experience. Right. And I, I tell you, the MBA was wonderful. Like it was, it was good context and, and business acumen. Right. Like it makes me not be afraid of outsourcing. It's a good, wise decision, although it feels heartbreaking. Another door opens that's much bigger and better. I, when I moved to shoppers, when I moved to the equivalent of Walgreens and Boots, mm -hmm. when I moved there, I made 20,000 more dollars and I was two hours driving, commuting in rush hour traffic to and from the airport. And wow. now headquarters was 10 minutes away from my home. Right. So Although I loved my crew and still do, still have friendships with their Canada people, I'm really, I never would have left them. Uh, but I was so glad that they pushed me out the door because I got another new magical team of souls at Shoppers and was able to take them from 55% of the profits, pharmaceuticals were, were cut. The government cut pharmaceutical funding. So overnight, 55% of our profits was in the red. Wow. But within 30 days, we were outperforming the stock market because wow. you bring in the people that are doing the job. Nothing about us without us. That's a tagline in the world of people with disabilities. Nothing about us without us. Right. Don't, don't give me a solution. Bring me in to be part of the solution finding because right. you can't begin to imagine what it's like to be with no arms and no legs, even though your heart wants to help. Yeah. Well, in business, same thing, right? So you bring in the people and the people that came up with the most magical ideas were, was like a makeup artist. She's like minimum wage makeup artist. She does the makeovers at Shoppers Drug Mart. And she says, I don't understand why 30% of the product is marked up. The biggest money that we make is on makeup, but we never focus on any of that. Mm -hmm. And so what we did and, and feedback like that, like who's coming into the store, mostly women and mostly moms that are off on maternity leave. That's a, that's our hugest market at Shoppers Drug Mart at that time. And what do they need convenience, right? They get one hour where the baby's asleep or quiet and they need to grab a quick bag of milk and they need to grab baby food or whatever they're doing. Right. And so we, we increase baby food items, we increased beauty items, and we increased food items. Right. Wow. And we outperformed the stock market, right? We all see how it's this big box format now. Those weren't my ideas, but I was a facilitator that was the conduit between communicating people's ideas with senior management. And senior management were all over it and really quick to leverage it, which was great. And they knew how to strategize it and put it into action. But it was, it's, you know, Sometimes our listeners are feeling like frontline folk 
and they're like, what value do I have? I don't have an MBA or I don't have experience. You have life experience. My MBA didn't give me that experience. Right. Being an 18 year old on a tall ship without arms and legs gave me that experience, gave me that leadership development. The paper was just enough for new people to get it. But I tell you, it was really hard to get a new job because now with the MBA, they're, they're, not, they're underestimating me with no arms and no legs in a job interview. Well, how can she get respect in a management position? Mm-hmm. We, we are not going to pay her frontline wages because she's got an MBA. So I'm overqualified to get in the door right. and I'm underestimated to be hired. Mm-hmm. So I became, I was very lucky that, you know, through, and that's often how it works at Air Canada. I got the first interview because a high school friend's wife knew I was just back from Mexico. Right. And she said, oh, she has a disability. She's got an education degree. I'll get her in the door. And then Shoppers Drug Mart, my sister's old roommate, was a headhunter. Mm. And she knew that I had done some pretty significant breakthroughs at Air Canada with the strike and the merger and the plane mm. crash and the bankruptcy. And so she was able to really convince HR that I was worth bringing in the door. Right. And then I researched, I'd already been on a hundred interviews wow. before I went to Shoppers Drug Mart. And so I had a friend who worked at TD and finance. And so he, because he was the investor of sorts in stocks and things like that, right. uh, he gave me a really massive financial background. So when I went into that interview, it was the only interview of a hundred. I knew their competitors. I knew their numbers. I knew what you know, their peaks and valleys. I knew every CEO and, and why they were in at what time. So I really dialed up my business savviness right. to understand their world. And then I knew the experiential part easy, but they, I, I wowed them with having both business and HR and right. was lucky to get in the door. But after that, when that one ended, uh, I was in a parking lot crying you know, the way you do. And I knew another door would open. I'd lived with it with Air Canada and Mexico, right? I knew another door would come, but it was just, I love that world. And I'm like, I need a pick me up. I can't drive home. I, you know, I really believe in what you focus on grows. And I was afraid to drive home being so sad, right? Right, right. So I tried to flip my brain. What makes me happy? Right. And I realized sailing. So it's 11.30 in the morning and my, my contract with shoppers was all done. They were busy outperforming the stock market. They don't need me anymore. I'd done it again. I I coached myself out of a job. <laughs> and that, so I'm in this parking lot. I'm like, oh, sailing. And uh, that was at 11.30 in the morning when I was in that parking lot. And at 5.30 that same day, I jumped on a plane to San Diego because it was October. There was no sailing or skiing in Canada. Right. right. So I jumped on a plane and I was discovered by a U.S. Paralympic coach uh, who was very angry that I was Canadian, (laughs) (laughs) but she opened me up to sailing at a competitive level. Wow. Wow. And I didn't go back to the corporate world, full-time world. I ended up pursuing my quest for the gold. Okay. And I learned a whole bunch more leadership skills at a, at a gold, being surrounded by gold Olympians. Right in many, many sports and uh, their high performance and what drives them. uh, I just, I'd found my posse. Being born with a disability, I learned 
you know, you got to do whatever it takes. I'm a two-year-old that wants that cookie in the cookie jar, right. right? I'm not a hero. I was born this way. They don't know why, but I'm just a two-year-old that wants to steal a cookie that mommy said no to. Right. But without my arms and legs, I learned I had to do whatever it took. And right. so if that meant lay down, roll over, and, and push the, the, the stool with my head, then that's what it took. I wasn't being a hero. I'm just the child stealing a cookie like every other child that can see a cookie. And, and so that's what I did. And so that, that idea of just do whatever it takes. Right. You know, we're in COVID right now. Just do whatever it takes. Yeah. That I'm very lucky that I was born with a disability because it, it quickly and blindly turned me into somebody that just always does whatever it takes. And, it, and, and the captain saw that on the tall ship mm -hmm. and Air Canada saw it in the pilot strike. And, you know, I love, yeah, I, you know, being unstoppable is, you know, sums it all up. You are unbelievable. It doesn't matter. You know, really nobody has an excuse at all. They have no excuses. You know, you are like, you have everything thrown against you. And you're just like, yep, there's a way. There's a way. I'm going to make this happen. I'm going to be educated. I'm going to have a high-powered position. I'm going to get that cookie from the cookie drawer, even if it's at the top of the shelf. <laughs> you know, like, you're going to find a, you have the will, and you're going to find a way. And it really inspires so many people to be quiet and make it happen, like, stop whining everybody has something they've got to deal with in their life right challenges come and go all the time yeah. and the fact that you just you know use your creative mind to figure out you know how can i get this done maybe it's people around you maybe it's whatever it is but you put it into action it's not just a thought you say, you know what, I want this, I'm going to make it happen. And you're going to figure out how to make that happen. And I love it. You're just inspiring so many people. I, it's funny you say you, you make it happen. Like the last three years, one of the things I was like, you believe you can do it, you can, right? It's been a big message, right? The Napoleon Hill, if you can conceive it and believe it in your heart, conceive it and believe it, you can do it. But everybody misses the last third part. And so, you know, the last 12 months has been, yes, conceive it. What's your cookie in your cookie jar? Believe it. What's in your heart? You can do it. Doesn't matter what skills or age or education or what's going on in your life. But the third piece is that you got to make it happen. You, you conceive it, you believe it, and then you do whatever it takes to make it happen. We all think there's a magic wand. You're just lucky that it falls in your lap, you were the right place, the right time. Uh, and it, it's, it's, it's partly that sometimes, but are you the kind of person that acts on it when it falls in your lap, right? Or, and and or do you do whatever? I didn't, I didn't get a gold Olympian, Magnus Lidgedal, to coach me in one day, right? I slept hiding in his parking lot for <laughs> three months. Really? Three months, I was sleeping in my car hiding behind a couple of multi-million dollar yachts, right? I'm like, who you surround yourself with? I'm going to surround myself with these yachts. <laughs> and uh, that's what happened right after San Diego, right after Shoppers was done. And I 
went down to San Diego and I fell in love with racing. I got a, I got a first place and I got all passionate and I packed up my car and I slept in my car for three months wow. before Magnus finally said, and every day I woke up with the sunrise because there was light, you know, in my car. And uh, at, so at 5.30 in the morning, I stumble out of my car and I'm washing Magnus's boats. I washed his boats and waxed his boats. Wow. And, you know, it's kind of like the karate kid thing. I also got to learn a lot about those high performance boats by washing and waxing them. Right. <laughs> after three months, Magnus finally said, come on, let's go sailing. Wow. So, <laughs> but I do, I do, I do want to give some empathy because sometimes people feel like, well, you're you, Tracy, and I'm not like that. And, and I got to say, I, I don't know what's going on behind Randy's eyes. And I, and I know a bit more of Randy's story because we've been in each other's world, but there's things I still don't know. And there's, and none of all these people listening, I don't fully know what's going on in your world. And so it is a little bit of tough love when we say no excuses. Right. Suck it up, buttercup, was my mom's <laughs> line to me all the time. She was always telling me, suck it up, buttercup, right? They're Liverpoolian humor. Uh, or, or stop your whining. And, it, and those are very true messages. But just to acknowledge, like, I don't know what financial strife you're experiencing or heartbreak from sick ones or heartbreak. Like, I know a hotline for abuse and divorce is going crazy right now. Right. I don't know what's going on in your world, mm -hmm. uh, but can I tell you that I have every reason, every excuse, you know, it was sick or not. Every day I got out of that car and washed it, right? Sick or not, I come on this phone call and to be here with magical Randy, because I so respect Randy. But you, if I could share that, even if you have very realistic reasons, and you do, I know you do. Mm -hmm. But if you live a life of no excuses, you get to live a life of no limits. Right. No excuses, no limits. It. it is tough love, but the bigger picture is so much more magical than everybody tells me, oh, Tracy, you don't have to, to do that. That's gonna be very physical. No one, oh, we understand. That would be really hard for you. My hardest obstacle in my lifetime was everybody letting me off the hook. Right. Right? Like, oh, well, obviously one finger, you can't print very well, so we don't expect you to have good printing, right? But I had, like, by grade three, I had this terrible printing. But my grade three teacher's like, no, you've got to be able to be readable. If no one else can read your writing, it's not worth putting it down. And I ended up the best printer in the class. Wow. And I know for 20 <laughs> years after that, she would show everybody with bad handwriting. This is the handwriting of a girl with one finger, you know? Right. And, and, and so people let me off the hook too easy. So, so your heart and your soul and your world are letting yourselves off your hook right now. Mm. Uh, and hold yourself accountable. No excuses. Then you have no limits. My secret is I was born limitless and I spell limitless with a B, limitless. It's a bit of a groaner of a joke. Yeah. But the bigger, the bigger secret is you were born limitless too. We are all born limitless, right? I look at limitless Randy, right? Superstar in real estate and speaker and life coach and author, like holy cow. 
right? She's a lifeline. I didn't, I didn't get to be a, a World Cup sailor without Magnus, the gold Olympian, right? right? I earned my independence, but who you surround yourself with is who you become. I surround myself with Randy, right? And it was Randy before I had a stage with Jane Fonda, before I went to 20 countries, before I had a bestseller book, right? I saw Randy. It was a January or February of 2017. And, you know, my skiing coach told me, oh, I've got a friend that does Motivation Mondays. And so I did this Mo Monday and somebody at Mo Monday said, you should try Speaker Slam on Tuesday. Go visit those people. And so the second day of speaking ever, Monday I was observing Monday and Tuesday I was observing Speaker Slam. I met Randy, who was a judge of Speaker Slam that night. And that was like, that was my entry into, you know, my whole new world of being a number one international mega success speaker in, it, known in 160 countries, yeah. right? But I didn't have that January 2017 on Tuesday when I met Randy as a judge of Speaker Slam, right? And, uh, Randy just gave me like a 10 minute conversation that really pivoted me that moment of truth and was a really big part of being a lifeline in my world to, that skyrocketed me to who I am now. How sweet of you. That's so sweet. And I thought you, I thought we had met like long, long, long before, like years yeah. of networking yeah. somewhere. <laughs> well, in the corporate world, maybe. Well, I've been in the entrepreneurial world, but I thought like, I had run into you somewhere, so maybe I'm like out there, but I was pretty sure maybe it was just on social media. I don't know, but you know, I've always looked up to you and admired everything that you do uh, in public, of course, and uh, you know, just your accomplishments and your will to just keep going and to supersede any possible dreams that could come to people and you know I just look up to you it's unbelievable so Tracy tell us uh, uh, tell us a little bit about giving back to society and giving back to community because you know if anything you would be a recipient of giving back but you've just accomplished so much in your life and you're just such a go-getter I know you've given back tons of your of yourself. So tell us a little bit about that. Well, I'm actually on the board of directors of about 20 different boards. <laughs> uh, and, and people are every day, every day in Facebook Messenger, there are requests for more. And, and, and it's, it's so like I would like to be on 120 right. if I could be. Right. Uh, but it's groups like so vulnerable persons with the police. And so representing people with mental wellness, people with disabilities and those interactions. Uh, so it's a, it's a vulnerable, serving the vulnerable public, uh, police committee and Rick Hansen Foundation, the phenomenal soul that rolled across Canada uh, 31 years ago and then decided to go around the entire world in two years, two months, two days, Rick Hansen. Uh, and, and, you know, I knew he was a friend of Terry Fox and uh, I knew Terry Fox is a very young girl, very young girl. When he was running across Canada, I was a little girl with a broken prosthetic leg and he had to do some kind of repair on his running leg. And so I got to meet him 
when we were both at the prosthetic clinic together. So, you know, Rick Hansen Foundation deliver uh, in abundance to hundreds of schools and wherever I go. So for example, if in Russia, they hired me for a really big stage and they paid for me to be there and my hotel accommodation and my wages, which was great. But then while I was there, I got to, and in the interactions of getting me myself there, trying to find out who has kids and who doesn't. And, and so will you have a conversation with your school and your principal and your rehab and your hospital and your mother's nursing home, like to network with them personally, and then went to visit 20 places in and around, all around Russia, St. Petersburg, wow. Moscow, and a whole bunch of towns that people don't know the name of because they're small, right. uh, and orphanages, yeah. and, and like in British Columbia, I was going for one event, and someone was paying me, and like, oh, do you have any kids? And so wherever I go, mm -hmm. I try to, I spoke at a fireman's conference uh, out of town in Chatham, and, and then I found out who had, and I ended up talking to five different schools, and I did an assembly at five schools, and then that night, I did the fireman's conference. Wow. Uh, so wherever I present, I try to uh, pair it with contributing to the community, a hospital, a rehab, a school, wherever I'm presenting, in addition to these boards. And, uh, and I always connect them with the Rick Hansen Foundation because they have a school program of resources. And uh, in doing that and being so active with the Rick Hansen Foundation, mm -hmm. they ended up putting me on a commercial and so right now in Canada, across Canada, uh, people, I'm swimming in the commercial. Wow. And, and it's advocating everyone, everywhere. And I think that's true for people with disabilities, everyone, everywhere. But I think that's true for women in entering the man's world. Trying to, I think that's true for black or white or whatever, or lesbian, bi, gay, tra trans, queer, plus, plus, like whatever. I think everyone, everywhere, what I love about that messaging is it isn't about people with disabilities. It really is. There's so many invisible disabilities yep. that don't get. I'm lucky that I am so visible. So people want to open my door and people want to give me a hand. They don't right now. Uh, it, it's a, it's like I open my trunk and I have my legs off and, uh, and, and I'm at the, front of my car so I'm five feet I've got the two meters distance but I, I spent two and a half hours just waiting for somebody to help me close the trunk of my car really yeah and uh I I so I'm people are so afraid right now to be helpful uh wow because of physical distancing so there's other and you know that cookie jar two-year-old story I should tell you you know Every day, the last seven days, there's been something that's been out of reach in my apartment. I'm on my own. There's nobody here. And so often, like, I'll go in or out with legs on or something. And so then I can get, or people are in and out or visiting more, mom, my sister, and friends, and family, and neighbors. But now nobody's visiting. So when somebody visits, I'm like, oh, can you get that down for me? Right. Uh, but now nobody's visiting. I've got all these things that I might need to try to reach. And, uh, and I'm jungle gymming up my cupboards. Uh, and they can you don't have like stepping stones, no stepping stones to get up uh, different heights. I do, and I live in a condominium versus a house, so storage is very tiny. Right. So uh, there's certain things that you think you don't need all that often, but because we're 24/7 right now here, 
in our home environment. There's a few few things. I got a fish. I highly recommend everybody get. There's all these sad beta fish in these tiny little jars. So if you need a you know a really good pick me up and a really good de stressor, but low maintenance is a is a fish. So uh, they're, they're an essential service. They're feeding dogs and cats and fish. Go get a fish. So what I needed from the top 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 was some big uh jugs that are part of i have to change the water every couple of days when it was new and now every two weeks and uh i needed to get some things down for my new fish that i i didn't i haven't needed for six months right uh, but now i needed and nobody's visiting to help me grab it oh i'll come visit I, you <laughs> i'll put my mask on and my gloves on and i'll come help you <laughs> oh thank you thank you thank you thank you <laughs> so great and then magical people, I was in British Columbia presenting all the ski resorts out there, Whistler and Gross and all these Sun Peaks, all those great ski resorts hired me to be their closing keynote speaker for the season. Uh, and that's when COVID hit. So before I came home and infected my apartment that had been empty because I'd been in 20 cities since Christmas, so never there, my uh, good friend and, and my sister, they stocked my fridge and my freezer, nice. but the t I quit. I can't reach the top of my fridge. So there's all these like um, long-term milk containers, almond milk. Uh, but now that I've run out of the low reaching milk, I, I couldn't reach the top of my fridge and my stool just was like that little bit out of reach for it. Right. So getting creative on what you can stand on to, to get all this great milk that's stored on the very top shelf. So funny. Wow. Uh, the things you don't know, you don't know. Yeah, exactly. You just... I'm certainly not feeling alone. There's been lots of webinars. You know, I there this great online company. Uh, they ship knives and food and all this. They they still got all their staff and all their staff are supposed to be online. So I did this massive webinar for them and some some pretty big summits and nice. Uh, all the speaker London Speakers Bureau interviewed me and and Global Speakers Bureau on Tuesday. Uh, is going to be well actually I don't know what time you and I are airing do, do have I messed up there because we are live uh, well we're recording but we you will be posted uh, today online on the website and then next week we'll go on social media okay but, uh, Tracy so just give us before we close up give us a few tips I know you already gave us a bunch throughout but is there anything else you'd like to share with everybody before we share your contact and how they can get hold of you i think right now we're all kind of feeling uncertain or fearful and and you know when i jump out of those airplanes i am petrified and when i fall out of the boats or or even when all of my gigs from around the world just stop overnight right 99 of my business uh, the last 12 months has been speaking Right. And it is scary, but so exceed uncertainty. Feeling uncertain is no excuse for inaction. It's okay to feel uncertain and have a lifeline to talk to, but feeling uncertain is no excuse for inaction. Exceed uncertainty and embrace that possibility. Don't avoid failure. You can do it. We had no idea how I was going to ski, and we ended up with backward ski boots on my thighs, yeah. right? Who would have guessed? I wasn't gonna get that Googling. I had to jump in and say, okay, let's try this skiing thing. I don't know how. You don't know how you're gonna have breakthroughs right now. 
but you jump in and, and, and you know what? Netflix is broke flicks. <laughs> Netflix is broke flicks. Jump in there. You might need to fill your soul and take an emotional break with the odd Netflix movie or two. I'm not saying don't regroup, but I am saying that don't absorb, right? You have a very realistic reason to maybe feel like, oh, I just can't do it right now. So embrace the possibility you can do it, even though you don't know how. Exceed uncertainty. Feeling uncertain is no excuse for inaction. Embrace possibility. You can do it. You'll find your backwards ski boot solutions, but not on Netflix. And earn independence. Who you surround yourself with, you're doing it. You've got to make the work happen. But surround yourself with Randy and follow her series and gather the tips and tricks and golden nuggets that Randy shares with us in her sessions she is a lifeline and uh, so you earn independence make it happen but you earn independence not alone Love surround that. yourself with somebody that's succeeding so that you can thrive to those skills not to fellow people that are wallowing I love it. Thank you so much. Like, I can't wait for everybody to connect with you and oh. work with you and be inspired by you and just gather some of your energy. Like, it's, it's you know, <laughs> you're like a magnet. You just oh. can't, <laughs> can't help but want to be stuck to you because you just give people hope. You give people, through business, you give people tools to actually make it happen. And I, I love the impact that you're making on the world. You know, I know the world's made an impact on you and for you to come out and just be optimistic and positive and just know that it doesn't matter what's thrown against you. And you, you know, you could have every excuse in the world, every single excuse in the world. And you just bypass those like, they're nothing. I mean, I know it's, it's they're not they're behind the scenes, right? Yes. But you just make it look like, what the heck do we have to complain about? Honestly. And, you know, it, it, I want people to reach out to you and to get to know you, to learn from you, to work with you. You're just, you, you I, I just love everything about you. So thank you, Tracy. <laughs> thank you, Randy. I'm a magnet because you're the receiving magnet. We're attracted to each other. Thank you. thank you. So tell us, how do we get a hold of you? How, what's the best way for people to reach out to you? Well, business tip as well is keep it, keep it consistent. So I am unstoppable Tracy. And, and I like to joke, you know, no hands, no legs, and certainly no extra letter E in Tracy, T-R-A-C-Y. No extra parts on my body or in my name, Unstoppable Tracy. So keep it consistent in your marketing and in your branding. So I'm Unstoppable Tracy on LinkedIn, Instagram, YouTube. My website is Unstoppable Tracy. So everywhere, even on link, yeah, LinkedIn, YouTube, all of them. Pinterest, Facebook, everywhere, Unstoppable Tracy. And, and it's not about unstoppable Tracy. It's about unstoppable you. You are the unstoppable factor. So I'm very happy to be coaching or I have a, a free download of the book, Unstoppable You. Okay. And it shares these stories, but every chapter there's exercises. And, and you can, you can self-coach okay. or you can repurpose my questions in your business. 
with wow. your volunteers, with your staff, with your kids, with your neighbors, with your loved ones, right? You can repurpose these tools in business, change management, stress management, developing others, but they're very easily tweaked to friends and family as well, if you like. So self-coach and a tool, lots of tools for others as well. Love it. Thank you. Thank you for sharing with us today. Thank you for being you and everything that you do for everybody else. No, oh, Randy, the feeling's mutual. Thank you. Thank you for listening to this interview hosted by Randy Goodman. We hope you will take action and connect with the incredible business people and leaders in our community. And remember, Randy is always here to answer any questions you have regarding your real estate needs. Be sure to register on the website and stay up to date on what's happening in your area at parkbench.com slash millpond.